<clears throat> hello, hello. How are y'all doing today? Come on, let's give each other a round of praise for being here. <clears throat> Thank you so much for being here, Fathom. If I can get a little bit more on this little mic here. That's my favorite part is that little minute mingle that we get to say hi to each other and greet each other. Um, and uh, I'm just so grateful to be here, guys. Um, as you notice, again, Pastor Kyle is not standing here today, but you got me instead. So, um, so let's see what happens and let's work with that. Um, I just want to um, say thank you for being here and hopefully you had a great week and y'all look beautiful and lovely. And um, so today I'm filling in for Pastor Kyle as he's taking this whole month off. Uh, last week we were able to hear Jackie, Christina, and Mark speak about unconditional love. And Fathom has five core values that we follow here and we try to embody as a church and we try to do that as we share life together. And today I have the privilege of speaking about authentic community. So how many of you guys have heard the word authentic community out there? It's something that gets used over and over and over. And, um, but basically the definition of what authentic community is, it's a, it's a group of people that get to share life together, that we get to serve God and we get to serve others. And um, that's what we're meant to do because church back in, in uh, the, right after Christ left and, and went to heaven, it was like an everyday thing. It was a culture that church wasn't separate from what we do at home. And church wasn't separate from what we do at our work life. And, you know, for so long, I mean, I think if anyone needs authentic community the most, it's me, because I need to be encouraged and embodied that everything I do works together. And I'm the same person that I'm, when I'm not at church, and I'm the same person when I'm, when I'm in church. And um, there was a time in my life it was kind of scary. If you saw me at maybe... Um, a restaurant or something, you might, got, you might have got it differently than you see the Lee that's standing in front of you today. Uh, but one of the things that is so amazing is God's love is so strong, and he brings us together as one body, one church, and as one community. So um, when Kyle asked me to speak about this, um, the topic, it just, it hit home for me, because as, as all of you know, I, I think um, when I'm not here, you guys hear it from me. I complain on how much I really missed you guys. I find out what you're doing, and it's something that I try to do all the time because I need strength from you, and I need to hear your story, and you need to hear my story. So when he asked me to speak about this topic, it was dead on for me because it's everything I embody. I think about you guys when I'm not here, and when I'm here, I'm always trying my best to serve you and to be here. So that's basically what authentic community boils down to, is it's serving God and it's serving others. Um, Today I'll be speaking from a small passage in Romans 12. So if you do have your Bible app, you can open that up, Romans 12, verses 9 through 13. Um, I'll be speaking from the ESV version, this NIV and ABC and whatever else they have out there is a little too smart for me, so I have to break it down. And if I was honest, I was going to read from like the message or the, the living translation, but that's so... Um, It'd be so elementary that you guys would might maybe not like hearing um, how, um, how kumbaya that is. So, um, but with that said, I'll be reading Romans 12, verses 9 through 13 out of the ESV version, so you can tap that and follow along. And if you don't have the Bible app, like my father, he's try, probably trying to download it right now, um, we'll have it up here on the big screen. So um, just to kind of break this down, um, well, again, welcome to you, and I just want to say welcome to everybody that's watching on Facebook I probably have a few friends that are out there seeing what I'm doing this morning, 
And um, I just want to say you're welcome and you're invited. And since you're not here, the second best thing is to be watching online. So we thank you. And um, a special hello to Kyle and Taryn, wherever they're at right now. We just um, pray and encourage that they're getting nice rest on their vacation and finishing that up. So um, going into Romans chapter 12, um, this was a verse that spoke dear to me. A couple weeks ago, I was reading through a couple posts on Instagram. I know we all scroll through Instagram. It's the first thing we do in the morning or Facebook. And um, this Bible verse came on the screen, and it basically says, um, uh, love genuinely and cling to what is good and, and hate what is evil. And it just spoke a lot to me because in my life, I, um, I was... I was struggling with something personally that, um, that talked about honor and how, um, how do we honor people when we know that things that they do might be unhonorable or how do we love people when they're not so lovable and how many of you know in your family and in your, in your friend's circle, sometimes it's hard to love people in your, and you might have been fighting with your kids on the way here about hurry up and get your food finished or I heard a couple of families out there scattering and running and grabbing stuff to serve and it gets chaotic. So, um, when I heard this, it, it, it just spoke um, to me because the first thing it spoke about was love. But what Paul is writing here to the church in Romans, he was in the church in Corinth at this time, and he was, it was about, I think it was uh, 63 AD, it said, that he was speaking to this church and he was writing to this church. And it was after Christ was gone and the Holy Spirit was left with them. And he was encouraging them in this uh, verse, uh, verse that I'm on, verses I'm going to read to you. And he was encouraging them how to live life together and how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, one more uh, preface before I get started. I got um, Invisalign put in on Saturday. So if I sound extra essy or slurry, it's because this thing just dries out my mouth incredibly. So um, I will have good teeth, though, in about uh, nine months. Um, and I, I'm also losing a lot of weight because I can only eat if I take them out. So... So that's a blessing um, as they get stuck to my lip. So um, uh, with that said, um, I'm going to go ahead and open us in here in Romans 12, and let's read this. Um, it says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And I just love this verse because everything it says is just a step-by-step journey on how we can be authentic Christians. I love how it opens with the first uh, sentence saying, let your love be genuine. I've been here at Fathom for six years, and one of the things that I know every time I walk into this door, that I'm going to get a genuine person behind that door. Whether you had a good day or a bad day or however your week was going, it's a genuine, it's real, and it's honest, and that's what's attractive about us. You know, I've heard a lot of other things said about Fathom, but I've never heard anybody say that we're not real and genuine, and that's one thing that love has to be. And when we go break into what love is, you've probably heard the, these uh, four main languages of love in the Greek, or four main words that express what love is in the Greek, and uh, the first one that, that um, is in there is the phileo love. And as we know, phileo is a brotherly love, and it's exhibited in close friendships. It's like my friend Scott over here. I just, I love him, and that's easy. It's a natural feeling, or it's how, you know, Jackie feels for uh, Hannah, or how Hannah feels for, feels for Jackie. It's a natural 
um, occurring love that happens between a bromance or a girl gang or whatever you want to call it. It's this feeling that we get that it, it's, it's very natural. And you know that when you are um, out and about and there's just something that attracts you to that person and makes you want to be around them and, and be like them. And that's the first kind of love. The second kind of love is storge. And this is an affectionate type of love. This would be the kind of love that you would have for a family member or a spouse. If you guys follow me on social media, you see that I love my nephew. And my nephew is everything to me. And the way that he can jump on me and squish me and kick me and, and, and sit on my lap and kiss me, that's, that's storge kind of love. It's the kind of love that you know, I have for my wife. It's a natural occurring love that's easy. Now, if Scott tried to do that to me, that'd be kind of weird. Um, so... But still, in the context of this natural feeling love, it's a love that we have for someone that's really close to us. Um, The third type of uh, word used for um, love in the Greek is the eros, and that's the erotic love. And that's a love that is um, self-seeking, but it's, again, a natural kind of love that you would have in the context of your marriage or the context with um, your marriage partner spouse. And all three of these things, again, have one thing in common. And that one thing in common is it's a natural occurring kind of love. So when Paul opens up here in Romans 12, 9 uh, to the church in Rome, is he's telling them, let your love be genuine. And those kind of loves are very hard to have because uh, the, the love that he calls us to have is an agape kind of love. And you've probably heard these, all of these before, but the agape kind of love is the only one that's, that's sacrificial. It's the one that you have for people when they're not worthy enough to love that you love them. Whenever uh, they don't like the same thing that you like and you might be fighting or having a quarrel, this is the kind of love that you sacrifice and lay down because it's Christ's love that is the only natural love that is agape, that because he laid down his life for you, that this is a love that we can never um, be like, but we strive to be. And so with that, with that said, it says, let your love be genuine and abhor what is evil. So it's saying hate what is evil, but... Hold fast to what is good. So when you walk through these doors, one of the things that I love about Fathom is you can come as you are, as the song says. We don't strive for um, that you have to be holy. And I'm not going to name or bash any other churches, but something that I even saw on the way to church is saying that first put holiness and be holy and holy and holy. And the thing about that is we're human and it's very hard to attain this holiness. But if we love first and we love God and we love others, the rest of it falls into place. So, you know, if you focus on what is bad and you don't focus on what is good, you can't get past that point of showing people who Christ is and showing his love. And different churches um, uh, practice different things, but one of the things that I think that's so amazing about our first core value is that um, love, uh, authentic community, uh, loves genuinely and we love you, and we care about you. And I think everybody in this room feels that when they walk into Fathom Church. Um, the second part of this um, message to them says, love another with brotherly affection and outdo each other in honor, showing honor. So the second thing that happens here is authentic community. We honor each other. Now, the only true honorable person is Christ because He's the one who laid down his life for us. So when we give people honor, what we're giving them is the grace of God. And honor is a way of showing love in a whole nother way by speaking words of affirmation over them. So honor sounds kind of like this. You know what? Thank you for serving, and I really appreciate you. Honor sounds like, I just want to say I love you, and I appreciate what you've done in my life. 
Honor is another way of extorting and sharing with your um, fellow family and your, fam- your, and your um, community church that you appreciate, you love them, because that's something that they can never do for themselves. If we honor ourselves, it's basically boasting on ourselves. But when someone else speaks honor over us or speaks a word of honor, it's giving us exhortation. It's, it's actually calling us to what God sees us because all, every one of you sitting here in this room is an image bearer of Christ. And when we speak life and we speak honorable words over each other, we're actually speaking God's grace in each other's life. So the opposite thing of honor is shame. And we hear shame a lot, and shame is hard to live in. Shame is hard to deal with because when we make mistakes, when we fall, that's the best part about community is that we're there to pick each other up. The opposite of honor is shame. So shame will tell you that, you're, that you need to be alone. And it's actually, it's the total opposite thing of what community is. It drives us away from Christ. Sin drives us away from Christ, but shame puts, puts us further in the dark where it's right where the enemy wants us to be and it's out of community and it's being alone. Shame will tell you, um, I know if you knew what I did and if you knew how bad I was, then you wouldn't accept me for who I am. But when you honor somebody, it's saying that I know what you've done, I know where you've been, but I still love you and I still want to value, value you. So um, authentic community, we love genuine and we give our love like Christ does. We hate what is evil, uh, but we still love, this, love the sinner in spite of and the second thing is that we um, honor each other. And that's something that I hope that we continue to practice um, here. And you will always be honored here when you walk through these doors. You will always be loved genuinely. And, um, and I hope that we can practice that as a community to keep building up the body of Christ. Uh, verse 11 says, Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Um, serve the Lord. And what I love the most about this is it's telling us to don't be slothful. So don't be slow in the love that you give for others. So when we hear this word fervent, what we see is we see an image of a stove or a pot on something uh, on, on a stove. And what's happening is this fervency is the heat that's, that's boiling up, that's making this uh, water get boil and create energy. So the two things that are happening is that we have um, a vessel that's used and something that's giving it fire or something that's pushing it deeper. And one thing that, that I was in my heart, in my spirit to share is that we definitely have the Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have the, um, God the Father who's been there for us since day one and who's always all-consuming and, and he knows everything. And we have Jesus who is our, our guide on how we are supposed to live our life. But the Holy Spirit is something that we tend to forget that he's the fire and he's the flame that activates these relationships. When we think of that agape love that the scripture tells us to love, like um, that's a love that when our fire dies out or when our, our quit picking up the phone and, and texting somebody, that the Holy Spirit will prompt you to say, you know what, I was thinking about Jackie this week and I need to speak something into her life. So the Holy Spirit, uh, we have to be um, not slow in these relationships. We can't be slow when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and tells us to, to reach out to somebody and reach out to call somebody. And um, it's really important um, that when all of these things are put together, that we are serving each other. And when we serve each other, we're really serving God. I remember a story a long time ago 
that actually Jackie shared with us, and it was when we had this back room was separate, and bathrooms were over here, and we had this other side. And um, I remember her sharing a story of how her neighbor um, was an elderly man, and he couldn't do his lawn anymore. And um, this story that she shared with us just, it spoke to my heart on how uh, when we serve others, we serve God. And I think she was on, just finished her last pregnancy, and she has, what, like five, ten kids? She's got a lot of little ones. And what was happening is she has all this time invested with her children, but her neighbor over here, the lawn's just getting out of, out of whack. So what she ended up doing is because um, when she serves others, she served God, she went ahead and did their lawn. Now try to think about that for a second. With all the time that she really needed to be dedicating with her family, all the time she needed to be dedicating with the children, she did her lawn. And her main explanation, her main reason for why she did that is she said, because um, God told me to do it. And if I serve him, I'm really serving um, God. So the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And if you're not familiar with him, um, that's just the power that we have as we became uh, Christ followers that he gives us um, to serve others. So what are you passionate about? And what are you doing? And where are you stepping outside your comfort zone to serve others? You know, serving sometimes we think is just pouring coffee for somebody, but it's so much more. And I find that when we serve others, that it opens up this freedom in our own spirit. It opens up more room and space in our heart, and it gives us more life. And I love how the Holy Spirit, he's a comforter, and he's, he's close to us um, whenever um, we feel burnt out. And just like any relationship, we know that they fade. We always have to put a little bit uh, hot coals or more fire on any kind of relationship. So I wish I can tell you that we are a perfect church, but we're not because there's a bunch of humans here inside. So what we do is sometimes we will drop the ball, but the Holy Spirit will prompt you and he will, he will give you uh, words and times to speak with people and to pour life into them. And that's what authentic community does is that we operate in the spirit. Verse 12 says, rejoice in hope and be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And I love this because um, authentic community, we stick together. And where there's two more in one place, it says God will be there. And if we pray on our own, um, our hope is only a singular hope. But when we pray together, our hope is united in, Christ, in the community and the body of Christ. And whenever we... Um, you guys see me all over the place. You see me on the drums. Sometimes you see me on the piano. Um, I'm, we're always working in teams and in, in, um, in community and life together. And one of my favorite things that we get to do uh, before we open up is we get to share the wins that we have. And I'm so encouraged by the wins because the wins, in spite of the hard times, in spite of what um, someone might be going through, um, when everything is going wrong, that we can pray for each other and we can lift each other up. This word tribulation is, um, it's, a, it's a Greek word um, that's thipsis. It's hard to pronounce, especially with the Invisalign, but it's thipsis. And the word is basically means it's a pressing together. And what happens in hard times, the tribulation I know in the biblical time, um, Paul was speaking to them, it was gonna be a tribulation that, that um, I don't think any of us could ever really imagine. But in our own life, in our own times, during the hard times, through oppression, uh, through oppression, that those hard times we are pressed together. 
But how many of you have gone through a hard time with somebody, a hard time in a relationship, or a hard time even a friendship that when you come out on the other side, it's pressed you together and it's made you stronger? You can't do that alone. And so for a, a long time, you know, in my life, I uh, just want to share a quick personal testimony. And it may be a little off, but I came to Fathom about six years ago. Um, I think it was six years ago that we've been, been running. And um, I was one of the, like, 12 people in Kyle's house. And we, he used to just play the guitar, just like we did. We would open up. He would speak a word of... Uh, and we were in their like pre-house. It was like a little condo. And imagine doing church in a little condo. And Jason, we've done some groups at yours, and you know how parking is. It's insane. You know, you're parking all over and walking in the rain like a block to get back and forth to your car. But um, during that time, I was struggling. And as some of y'all know, me, um, I had a personal addiction that I was going through. And my personal addiction was separating me from God and my shame. Everything that we talked about, the shame that you get, um, was pushing me away from God. And during this hard time, there was a couple of years, I would come in the doors here at Fathom, and I would sit here in the same chairs, and um, I would hear the word, but I never took time to stop and connect with people. And when I would leave during this hard time, Kyle would always tell me, I'd say, hey, Kyle, um, you know, I'd really want to make it, th- I really want to try to make it this Sunday, but I got this going on, I got that going on. And he would tell me, you know, Lee, um, I know you're going through a lot, and I know you've got all these plans and these solutions to fix it, but I want you to put God first. And every time he would tell me that, I would be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll put God first. That's, the, I guess, the right thing for a pastor to tell you. But I didn't really know that until um, later down the road. I was deep into this, uh, these, this addiction of um, alcoholism, and um, I just couldn't get out of it. I finally sat in the same chairs that you're sitting, and I remember... Um, Kyle told me, it's, it was a very similar message about letting your love be genuine and be sincere and to come as you are. And I remember praying and putting my head, uh, my head down in my hands and saying, God, I'm a mess. I don't feel good from the night before. I'm still kind of messed up. And I, and I, I, I just, my shame is too strong for, you, for anybody to, to love me the way I am. And uh, I remember Kyle inviting us into the family and, and, and the series that we're going through is We Are Family. And it just spoke so much to me because I was like, if you're really going to love me how I am right now, then you're going to have your hands full because there's going to be a lot of, um, of fixing to do. And that's the best thing about the community and about our church here is that with you guys and with, with uh, the proper um, leadership and listening to what the Word says, that I grew um, in leaps and bounds. Um, just imagine, like, in a world where if we um, let, um, let commun- not invited ourselves, if we didn't go into community, how different would our life have been than where you're sitting today? Um, you guys see me doing a lot, playing the drums, playing the piano, and to tell you how crazy um, that the shame separated me for the first three years, I didn't even play the drums. I didn't do anything. And that was a gift that God had given me, and I wasn't even sharing it. So, you know, these hard times and these, um, with people praying for me, and, um, you know, uh, authentic community doesn't give up. Authentic community doesn't um, quit. Um, we all stick together. And no matter what you're going through today, I hope that that can be just a little bit of encouragement to say, um, ask yourself, what are you, what are you um, where are you um, do you feel like in yourself, and not in a condemnation, or not in a shame way, where do you see yourself um, 
not as connected, and that it's just as easy as taking the cord and plugging it into the wall and being connected. Um, I'd love for you to just um, take a few seconds and think about that and pray about that. Um, the last thing that I want to go over uh, today uh, is the, the closing part of this uh, verse, and it's contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Hannah and I, in our, the beginning of our marriage, she had to have a sit down with me because this verse, as you guys know, I, I sometimes close and I speak about the giving. And to me, it really isn't something that I just say. It's something that I live out and it's something that I do because um, when we sat down in the beginning of our marriage, um, money was just flying out and Hannah's wondering like, hey, listen, if I'm going to be married to you for a long time, we need to have a talk. There's a problem. You are totally just, you were just totally giving away all of our money. And it's not that I had a lot of money, but my heart is a, is a heart to serve others. My heart is that God has done so much in my life that I can never repay him and I can never give it back. And if I can be part of the family and just give you five minutes of what I can give you in my human strength, that I'll do it. And that's what this verse spoke so much to me. It's saying, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You know, when we contribute to, to the needs of the saints, what we're doing is we're partnering up together. And so when I partner up with you, you don't have to do life alone. When I partner up with you, if there's anything that I can do in my power, I'm going to do that. And that's the best part about church community is that we show hospitality and we go out of the way to, to care for each other. This last word in there for hospitality um, is koinonia, and that is something that we have spoke about. That's something that we've talked about in, in church here, and that's something that we, lived our we have lived our life out is in this uh, word koinonia, and hospitality is more than just um, being presentable. Hospitality is more than just um, like keeping a clean house. And um, Hannah and I, we ended up having um, a koinonia group at our, at our house. And uh, the first part of it, I think Raquel was there, and the first part of it, um, I was more worried about how clean the house was going to be. I was, uh, nobody's ever been in our house, and you don't want you know, people coming in and thinking, you know, is it okay to eat this food, or is it okay to sit down here? So Hannah and I did our best that we can do to get the house cleaned up and get it tidy. And as time started going by um, and we started fellowshipping with each other, it went from um, how good does everything look and how nice does everything look to this, um, this Holy Spirit feeling of like, how can I make people feel um, right at home? Um, when you walk through these doors and when you come to this church, um, yeah, we have cool lights and we have a lot of different things, but um, this authentic community here um, not only wants to serve you in a hospi hospitable way when you come in, but we also want you to leave feeling better and we want you to feel changed. You know, because it's these five points, the five things that we benefit from authentic community, and I'm just going to go over them one more time, is that we love genuine and we honor each other. We operate in the Spirit, and without the Spirit, we can't have the power that Christ has, and He empowers us to love people right where they're at and where you are. Authentic community doesn't give up on each other, and there's been a lot of times that in relationships you feel like giving up, but it's on the other side of that, um, that tribulation or that pressing together 
that we become stronger together. And lastly, again, we show hospitality. So I want you to think about a few things. Um, if I asked you a question today, and the question was, is how many sermons that you had have heard have changed your life? And if, you, if I told you to name five of them, it's really hard to name five. Um, it's the Koinonia one, yeah, we can name that one, but um, with time, we forget and we tend to not remember everything I, that we said. So everything I said today, you might not remember. You might just be like, all right, that was cool. We love each other and we love others. But take this question and apply it to your life is, if you had to name five people that have changed your life, can you do that? And that is so much easier to name five people that have changed your life versus five things that you've heard. You know, um, I can name five easy. You know, my father, my wife, my father-in-law, my mother, my, um, my family, my brother. I can just go down the list. Pastor Kyle, every one of the leaders that is here in community and in family together, I can name it like that. And the reason being is because we can hear all day what it is, and we can hear all day about who Christ is, but we never really know him unless we're an authentic community and we get to feel who Christ is. We get to feel his love and how he's changed us. And um, there's a lot of stories in here. And, and my um, main thing to do is that don't be afraid to share your story with somebody else. Um, we all have baggage and we all have a mess. And we all have things that sometimes might take time to bring out into light. Um, but that's okay. If you just find one or two people that you could confine with or you know, we do these minute mingles, and then we only have a minute, few minutes before church because we had to run in late, and then we have something else to do. That church is not just Sundays. It's just not these walls. It's just not a one-day thing. In the early church of Acts, it talked about that they met in the temple every day, that they shared food together, they broke bread, and they communed, and that they were saved by the thousands. And my prayer, my hope, is that you look at the person next to you and you see them differently today, and that you see them through the lens that God sees them. Because if we see them through the way that the flesh sees them, we don't see them as community. We see them as distant people. But when we see it through the lens of who Christ is and what he's called us to be as an authentic community and as a family, we start to see people in another way that is life-changing. So with that said, thank you again for letting me take a few minutes to, um, to unpack a little bit of what was in my heart. And I'm going to close with this last verse. And this is something that hopefully you can take and write it down. It's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. This is one of them that you can go on the app and share on Facebook. Share it with people because this is something really important. And this is what we get in authentic community. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls as he has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, because a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So save that, and um, I hope that you uh, keep that and, and share that with somebody this week. And um, invite somebody here. You know, Kyle didn't tell me to plug small groups, or he didn't tell me to plug giving, but keep giving out of the sacrifice of your own heart and keep on inviting people because you never know, like I was six years ago, where I would be if I didn't take that first step into joining the community. So as we, um, we're, the band's gonna do another song. 
before we um, leave today. And if everybody can just stand, I want to say a prayer. And, and if every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I'd love to just pray, uh, say a, a quick prayer over you. And um, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, bringing us here today. I'm just so, so thankful for a church family that cares. I'm so uh, thankful for a church family that invites us in, um, no matter how we, um, what we did in our past and how we showed up or came today. And um, I just pray right now that if there's anybody out there struggling with getting connected and uh, joining the community and, and finding family in that, I just pray right now that um, they can just rededicate that right now. And they can just say, God, you know, thank you for all of you've done for me. And I, and I just pray that you work through me through this authentic community. Um, I want to invite every single one of y'all into this community. And I pray that it's life-changing for you. And Lord, I pray that you give us the power and the strength to keep enduring in hard times and to keep praying for each other and being there as a family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. And the